0: You can definitely train your brain. You get better at being creative and coming up with solutions. The first videos I make, they were not good. They were like, you know, I get up every day and say, how can I fail today? How can I get one more no from a customer? See a thumbnail. I wanna see something significant. I would rather just rely on me and have full control over my life than give it to someone else. That's just my opinion because there's no limit in how much money I could ever make here.
1: Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Badass Digital Nomads on Digital Nomad TV. I'm here with my guest Freya Casey, who is speaking with us from Germany. And she is a vocal coach, YouTuber, songwriter, multi-talented entrepreneur and digital nomad. And it's such a pleasure to have her on the show today. I would love to share her story about how she has been able to develop her online business in the past few years, also as a single mom. So she's super inspiring. I met her recently in London and
0: welcome Freya. Hi. It's so awesome that we are actually connecting now. So cool.
1: I know this is such a great part about being a digital nomad is all the amazing people that we get to meet on a regular basis. Totally. so (laughs) So Freya, tell us a little bit about your background In the past few years, what you are doing for work and life and how things changed
0: for you and you wanted something different. So I'm a performing artist. I used to work in opera theater and figured out actually very quickly that opera theater was not exactly my cup of tea. While I love the music, the whole lifestyle just didn't appeal to me because you basically were owned by the theater and just had to function and work like crazy. And I never had my own schedule. And I was just working all the time and I had no way to be protected or to protect my voice or to say no to anything they asked me to do. Basically, they owned me. I hated that. So I decided to just become a freelance artist, which I was pretty successful doing that. I went on cruise ships for a few years and got to see the world and performed on the ship. That was nice. And then I became a mom six and a half years ago. And I found myself in the situation of, okay, my life does not work anymore the way it used to. (laughs) I had to rethink everything. So trying to be home with my baby And then going out performing that just didn't really gel together. So I thought, what can you do to just still keep control of my life and still make money and still do what I love doing most and helping people and touching people, but I just need to be home more. (laughs) So I just decided to start a YouTube channel because I thought, well, there's so many vocal coaches out there, but I know so much about this. I mean, I'm the nerd when it comes to voices. So I just started this and probably about 3 years ago I started actually consistently uploading videos. And yeah, went great and I started offering some digital courses and of course some one-on-one sessions which I do very little of anymore because I want to not have an appointment at a certain time and I have a group coaching program that I have and basically I probably have 90% of all my incomes just from the online right now.
1: That's amazing. Well, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. And I've heard so many stories actually on a lot of podcasts about how when people had kids, everything changed and all of a sudden they had to rise to that challenge. And that's so inspiring, especially being someone who doesn't have kids, but always feels like I don't have enough time to do anything. I just really look up to people like you who are able to juggle all of that and create a thriving business at the same time. So tell me a little bit about the first few years just getting started because a lot of people aren't sure where to start and they want to become location independent or they want to achieve freedom overnight, but they are, like you were saying, stuck in a job that requires them to be there physically. So walk me through the process of how you started with your online business because you didn't have any training or any business background or any certifications or things like that. So did you kind of start it at the same time as your previous job or how did you start little by little and how long was it before you started earning revenue from that?
0: Well, probably the first year and a half that I was doing the YouTube tutorials, I thought oh, I just grow on YouTube and then I have this AdSense revenue and that'll be really awesome and money just comes in automatically. And then I figured out this is just not how it's working. I would have to wait forever. My lifetime isn't going to be enough (laughs) to wait for the day where I have enough income just from the AdSense. So I don't know, that's when I probably about a year and a half into me actually doing YouTube consistently, I, I started really listening to a lot of business podcasts and started reading the books about building an online business and the mindset. And that's when I joined my first mastermind group. And that was really my breakthrough. Everyone else in the mastermind group was kind of a little bit more advanced than I was. And I was scared. I was like, I don't know anything about it. I feel so embarrassed if they ask me anything. I just, I don't know anything. But that was really the breakthrough. I surrounded myself with people who are so much further along in the journey. And I started just kind of learning the practical aspects of like what email list building. And I didn't have a list before that. I didn't even know you needed to have one. And when I started my email list, that's when I really understood. It's like, oh, okay, I can actually now talk to people who are interested in my stuff. I can actually send them something off YouTube. And that's so cool. And then I started learning that you could do online courses. And I asked the other members, so what can you use? So I used Thinkific back then. Now I'm on Kajabi. But just knowing about all those tools, I think that is a big part, actually getting to know the practical ways and how you can just implement some of the stuff. I mean, I know everyone has ideas, but the question is, how do I actually make that idea in reality? And that was an important part for me to actually know that like what tool and what platform and what software do I need? Because I have the ideas up here, but what's the equipment I need? And so that was really important. I was actually just
1: talking about this a couple of days ago because technology has advanced so quickly that it's gotten to the point to where if you have an idea and you start researching how to do it, like it's possible that someone else has already done something similar or that the technology already exists to do it. And it really wasn't like that. Even 10 years ago, I don't know, even five years ago, for example, if you want to create revenue online or have an online course or something like that, knowing that there's so many other people who have done it, even though it seems like an overwhelming thing. And I know because I'm in the process of creating my first online course as well, just knowing that you can take it step-by-step and joining a mastermind or having a mentor or somebody that you can ask questions to, or even just reading a lot and Googling and listening to podcasts, like just knowing that you can get there if you keep going and take it one step at a time. Is really, I think, important for people to hear because it can seem like a lot. But as you were saying, like you just started somewhere and a year and a half later, you made some changes. And then now it's been six and a half years and you have a multifaceted business with multiple revenue streams. And it's just so cool to hear how you went from not knowing anything about online business to having so many different
0: projects ongoing at the same time. Yeah, it's only been actually three years altogether. So that was after about a year and a half, I figured. So another year and a half later, I've come so far just because I figured out I need to surround myself with people who know about all these things going to conferences and joining masterminds.
1: Yeah and I think about sometimes how long I had an idea for and sometimes it would be for like three years or five years and I never did it. I never did anything about it so to see how much progress you can make in just a year or two years or three years is really inspiring. So yes, you are saying that your day job earlier required you to be on set all day or to be traveling. Um, so what does your life look like? Like a lot of people love to hear about people's morning routines, how much they're working, what times of day they're working. Obviously, being able to be like a stay-at-home mom and run your business at the same time is huge. So how, how do you do it and what does that look like?
0: So I have a luxury that I don't have – I never really had to get up in the morning – However, I am such an early bird. And so I do get up probably around six every day. I have times, I have periods where I get up like at five-ish in the summer when it gets light really early, but around six or so I get up and I love that because I can actually get a little bit of work done. I know they always say, don't check your email first thing, but I really believe that it's so different for every single person. Everyone's just different. And so for me to actually look at, Emails and some of the messages before I get distracted, I can actually, you know, work that off and have it off my list early in the morning already. And um, I always work out in the morning. That's one of my things. And I found ways to not have to spend a lot of time or money. I do a lot of running outside. I have a dock, so I have to go out anyway. So I could do both. I love to do at home workouts, I use different apps. So I use Freeletics. They have a running app and they have a body weight workout app. And I use both of them. Then I use some videos off of YouTube where you could do yoga workouts and really power Pilates. So that's awesome. You can just do it at home, just 30 minutes every day at home. Then I take a shower. And then, of course, I have to get my daughter ready for the day, send her off to school. And then I have until about two o'clock for myself. And so that's when I spend time on my business. I start, you know, I create content, which I always bulk. I always create my videos in bulk. I always make at least five, six videos in bulk. And I do have a video editor. Very nice. He's in the Philippines. So it's not very expensive, but for him, it's a good job too. send those off to him. And so that's off my plate. <laughs> and um, I repurpose my content that I have for YouTube to get on my podcast also. And I have a Facebook group, which is very active. There's more than 2,000 members in there right now. And so I try to spend time in there to build my relationships and start talking to people. So that's what I do in the mornings, just create and nurture relationships. And then usually all afternoon, pretty much I kind of divide up between just deciding, do I want to spend just the day with my daughter today? Do we want to go to the pool? Do we want to do whatever? So it's so awesome just to have the freedom to decide, okay, today I'm working a lot or today I'm just taking the day off. And I am in the process of publishing my book. So I, that's how I wrote my book, just here and there, found a little bit of time here and there, and it really works. And so that's the rest of my day. I just, I love to cook. I love to be home and we do travel quite a bit. And I just, as long as I have my laptop, I could do anything, even my videos. I don't do really highly produced videos anymore. I basically use my iPhone and it works so fine when you have good lighting and it's awesome.
1: Do you see yourself ever going back to a different way of life or do you think that this
0: is it for you in some iteration? Oh, I think online business is my life. I wouldn't ever want to do it any other way. I still love performing and I still do, but I have the luxury now to say, I want to do it or I don't. I can decide. I don't have to do it. I don't need it. And so it's good. I would never trade it because as long as I have my laptop, I mean, it happened several times. This year, I went to the States. We went to the beach and I just worked on my book or the hotel room has Wi-Fi and I just had my meetings, my group sessions, and it all continued while I was traveling all over the world couldn't do that in any other job. I
1: know. I'm still always pinching myself that we're able to do this. And I've always said as a backup plan, like I can always get a traditional job. But I think once you're
0: in this, it's for good. (laughs) See, my opinion is a lot of people who don't do it themselves and haven't been self-employed and been an entrepreneur, they always think it's dangerous because something could happen and you couldn't make money. They think if you have a job, You go there and reliably you get paid every month. I think it's a lot more risky to actually have a regular job where you get paid and you have someone deciding if they need you or not. I think it's so much better to have it in your own hands and it's really only up to you how hard are you willing to work. And how gritty are you? And how many times are you going to get up after you fell down? So I would rather just rely on me and have full control over my life than give it to someone else. That's just my opinion because there's no limit in how much money I could ever make here. Yes. And
1: on that note, I would love to ask if there was anything holding you back when you first decided to let go of that perceived safety and security of an employment job because I've been talking to a lot of friends lately who have achieved the job that they worked their entire lives for, like high paid lawyers, doctors, things like that, um, professionals that's like the pinnacle of what they wanted to do when they grew up, and they're not necessarily happy. well, let's say they hate their jobs basically, and they' they've been talking to me about quitting, and they've been asking me like, what can they do? And they're just trying to plan it out so that they can stop working so much and being trapped in the system. One of my relatives actually has a job that they don't like and they want to quit. And I have given them a lot of ideas on how they can use their skill set and provide the same services, but for a higher hourly rate than they're making in their salaried job but then they can work less and they can have more freedom to travel and things like that. And I've talked to my friends and family members about this because they've come to me for help. But there's something like in their mindset, like there's something mental where I think that they're still afraid to let go of that perceived like safety and security of getting a salary. So what kind of advice would you give to people like that? And did you have that same feeling before you took the leap, so to speak, even though in your case it was gradual?
0: Well, I think for me, I was never in the situation to where I really had like a job job. Even when I was, well, I had worked for years to become a professional opera singer. I went to college for years, went to competitions, all the master classes ever. And it was a lot of work and I spent a lot of time and money getting to that point of where oh, I'm actually singing professionally in opera theater. And then when I did it, I hated it. It was like, I love the music, but that is absolutely not what I had envisioned. It's not glamorous and it's not beautiful. It's just crap to me, really. Honestly, it was to me, it was trash. It's like, they're treating me like trash. I'm not going to have that. It was not hard for me to make that decision to call the agency and say, okay, from today on, no more calls to me. I'm not doing it anymore. And really, once you don't do it anymore, there's no way back in because you're out. It's like, being a model or something, yeah, you're out the roster and you're not getting back in because now you're too old and you've been out of it too long. I never regretted that, really. I was always so thankful. But what I really think, what helped me is that I had entrepreneurs as parents. So I grew up in that mindset of, you need to control your life. I think it's really hard for a lot of people to break out of that, oh, but that's what everyone does and that's the way I need to do it. It takes a lot of strength and I think a lot of courage to really go against what everyone else does, then potentially be looked at as a failure if you don't quite succeed right away. I think that's hard for a lot of people. I think you have to get into that mindset of, I'm living every single day of my life, one single time, every day that goes by is gone. And I'm always saying, you know, you want to sell that day to someone else doing something that's not meaningful to you, or do you want to cash in on your own day and live it to the fullest? And that gets me. It's like today when it's over, it's gone, it's never coming back. It's one day that's in the past and I don't want to sell it off to someone for something that's not meaningful to me.
1: That is so powerful. Um, I think that having the confidence and the faith to depend on your own resourcefulness Like, not necessarily to feel like you're in this by yourself and you're doing it by yourself, but to know that you can come up with a way of supporting yourself and you can come up with creative ideas to make money. And I think that that's something that's not taught to us in school. We're very well prepared for the workforce in a way. We're not necessarily even prepared to figure out what we want to do for work, but we're definitely prepared to be diligent employees by the time we get out of the school system. Um, but we're not necessarily given the confidence or the practice at depending on ourselves for surviving in the world, basically.
0: right. And I think what we are not taught either is like creativity and solving problems. And that's something when you're self-employed, like every single day, there's going to be a problem you don't know how to solve, and you have to be creative and just kind of find a way. But I believe, and as a musician and performing artist, I've learned that you can definitely train your brain. You get better at being creative and coming up with solutions. Once you kind of know a certain amount of things about what you do, you start coming up with really cool stuff. And I didn't always. In the beginning, I had no idea. Even making videos, the first videos I make, they were not good. They were like, Bad sound, everything, bad lighting. And I was kind of like, ooh, I think I look awkward in front of the camera. And it has gotten so much better just by doing it. Really, just by saying, you know, I get up every day and say, how can I fail today? How can I get one more no from a customer? That's how I learn and that's how I grow. Yeah,
1: and once you do it, like there's so much talk about motivation and so many questions about like, how do I stay motivated? Or how do I get up the motivation to start such a big project? And really the motivation comes through action and it comes through your environment. And when you create a certain environment for yourself and a certain daily routine and a certain set of activities, you then become that person. I think video is a great example because both you and I were definitely not trained in video and maybe we don't have the best production quality in the world. There's always going to be somebody better and somebody worse, depending on what you're doing. But, like look at both of our situations and even my own where up until a year ago, I had never created a video ever. I didn't even have a camera to film with. And in this year I've made over 100 videos. And now if I go, (laughs) if I go a day without filming something or editing something or outlining an idea for a video it feels weird. Or if I go a week without doing live videos or publishing something and it's like I went my whole life without publishing videos and now I do it multiple times per week. And it's just because I made the decision like I'm going to make videos now and then I learned how to do it. And of course, there's always so much more to learn, but it's never like you said, how can I fail today? I'm like, what new skill can I learn to make my videos a little bit better or to be faster at it or more efficient or whatever? It's Like this is part of what gives people purpose in life is feeling like they're doing something meaningful for themselves, but also using their gifts and talents to help others, but also uncovering skills that they didn't know that they could have. So I think that's really a great tip. So thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of your business because there's a lot of people who want to make money using the same strategies like having a YouTube channel, having a group, having online courses. So how often do you publish videos per week and what would you recommend as a tip for somebody who wants to get started in kind of a parallel type of business model?
0: Okay, I think it really depends on your niche and on your business. My opinion is that I'm going to tell you what I do now, but I think you really have to kind of start getting to know your audience. Everybody's audience is a little different and what works and what doesn't work is a little different. So don't think that you can just follow this one path and it's just going to work the same. It totally will not. So my audience at this point, I've built a lot of close relationships, but you know, I started publishing once a week and then I even went to three times a week because I wanted to push growth and it really did work. I have a lot of videos now that have lots of clicks that when you have over 600 videos on YouTube like me, you get more growth just by being present and being in the video suggestions all the time because you have a video covering every topic that's about what you do, right? Yeah. So that's a good thing. So I think really saturating and really putting out valuable content, it doesn't mean it has to look the prettiest, but just value. Just put out something that people want to watch. And definitely, I looked at what are the most watched videos in my niche? You know, what are the vocal coaches? What do people search for? What are the topics that people are crazy about? And that's what I tried to cover. And it worked out pretty well. So I had some videos that got a lot of views right away. So I kept trying to search for those things. That's a really valuable thing. And I think thumbnails are really important. Make it descriptive. Make it, don't, just bait. Don't do clickbait. You want to do what's truly in the video. You put want to put that on the thumbnail, but make it compelling and don't put a lot of words on that thumbnail. Just put like a short phrase. I think when I see a thumbnail, I want to see something significant. I put like "Want a belt?" question mark, and that's the question that everybody has. Like, yes, I do. How do I do it? So that's something I put on the thumbnail. But what I really did in the beginning to get some traction, I think it is really valuable. It takes a lot of time, but in order to make some connections on YouTube and to be seen a little bit more, really go to others' videos in your area of expertise or whatever you do, even if you're just a family vlogger, go there, comment, build some relationships with those other people who are watching and who are putting the videos up. So that people see you and that you actually have something to contribute. That's what I did a lot. I really spent a lot of time just commenting and providing some value and positioning myself as someone who kind of knows what they're talking about. And then, so my YouTube channel. And then I hesitated for a, quite a while if I should start a Facebook group because I thought, oh, there's going to be a lot of extra work. Then have to be in there every day, and I don't want to like be on Facebook all day and have like a million comments to answer to. But I thought, well, okay, I'll try it. and If it doesn't work, I'll just close it again. And I tried it. And I have to say it was one of the best moves I've made. There's more than 2000 people in there now, very engaged. And it's really like a home for people because I'm there. I don't comment on everything and people know I don't comment on everything because it's too big. Yeah, But every day, I ask them for something and I have someone helping me with my posts. But every day, I was like, what is the craziest thing you've ever done? Just something. I want them to tell me about themselves. What are your biggest problems right now? Or what is the most valuable piece of advice you've learned in the past few weeks that you would like to share? So every single member feels like I'm important here. I have something to say. I want them to share that. And that's how you really build a community by everybody wants to have significance, right? We all have a need for significance. And when you give your audience the feeling that they're important to you, that's really when they start getting more attached to you. And so the Facebook group has been a wonderful place. And then in conjunction with that, really building the email list by, you just need something valuable that you can give to people. And in exchange, they give you their email address. Start building your email address as soon as you can. If you have anything valuable, put it up somewhere and get people's email addresses because emailing people is just the best way. I mean, I get emails from people sometimes just in reply to some of the emails I send out telling me their life story, which tells me, you know, if they are taking all that time to tell me their whole life story, that's a really good candidate for me to really have a closer relationship and I could help them probably in what they want to do. If they tell me their whole life, they're probably thinking maybe I'm interested and I can help them. So email is the only way to really have that long format kind of contact with someone. So YouTube, Facebook group, and email are probably my three most important ways to connect with my audience.
1: Those are really great tips. And I have to say that I can relate so much on the Facebook group because a lot of us have that imposter syndrome sometimes or we think that the knowledge that we have is common and it's not it's just everyone has something that they know about and that's easier for them and I was seeing so many Facebook groups about topics that I knew about and I kept seeing a lot of Information that was maybe incomplete or that I wanted to expound upon. And then I was spending so much time answering questions in other people's groups. I was like, why don't I have my own group? But then, like you, I was thinking, oh, I don't love social media and I don't know if I want to be on there all day, every day. But now my group has about 1,500 people in it and it is like a home. And it's like having 1,500 friends who are all interested in the same topics, but they're bringing different backgrounds and different perspectives. in, and I've learned a lot about what people want to learn about the digital nomad lifestyle and what they're struggling with. And I've also met some of them in real life. So it's just, you never know what's going to happen when you bring a group of people together or when you reach out to them on a, on a one-on-one basis.
0: And so, yeah, that's where the magic happens. So for me, it's really just about trying something and seeing if it works. Really, it's so much better. Just if you have an idea, just do it, try it out. And if it doesn't work, you know, you don't have to continue doing it. There have been a few things that I have tried and they didn't quite work like webinars. Everyone was always talking about webinars. And so I made webinars and nobody ever showed up. It's like people didn't want it. My audience didn't want webinars because they were not into business. They're into singing and they don't know what it is and they don't want to show up. They want me to be live on YouTube. <laughs> so that's what I do. Yeah. I try many things, but see, if I hadn't tried, I would never know. And I think you really get to know your audience so much better when you try all these ideas that you have. Just do it and see what happens. You might be surprised what would work. Yeah. It's really just a
1: numbers game where however you look at it, whether it's with videos or writing or testing out ideas. And the more ideas you test, the higher the chances that something's going to work out. And you're gonna find that 20% of your core activities and skills and topics. And yeah, you just never know what's going to resonate with your audience, what's going to be the most profitable thing for you to do, and what's
0: going to go viral in the case of content creation. In my book, which I don't know what, I'm not really making a big deal out of it. I just want to have it out for those people who can't spend so much money to be in my really expensive program. I wanted to just provide something for those who have maybe 15 bucks to want more of me, but they can spend 15 bucks on getting more. So uh, that's my book. I'm not expecting to be rich you know, off the book. And I'm also doing a live event next year. I'm doing a live workshop here in Germany where everyone can come. So I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm going to just try it and see what happens. Who knows? I don't know. I may do it once and think it was the worst thing in the world, and then I know or it may be the one the most wonderful awesome thing and i'll just do many of them who knows and so yeah i
1: would love to on that note could you share a little bit about the types of programs you offer so if anybody's interested in learning how to sing what types of products services programs groups in case there's somebody out there watching who wants to learn more about that
0: or you could just look at my kind of stuff that i do just in order just to kind of look at what i do even get ideas for your own business I like doing that, kind of peeking in someone's, what comes in their email sequence, what do they do? So I have on my website, masteryourvoice.tv, I have a whole page of freebies actually, because I've created so many courses about support, about belting, have a challenge, a warm up program for singers. That's all on one page. It's all free stuff. So that's how I get email addresses. And I mention in my videos, I will always mention one of the freebies or my Facebook group to just tell someone, hey, there's something you can do to get value. And then I get a closer connection with them. And then I have one signature video course that I sell. Those videos are exclusive. They're not on YouTube. They go more in depth and they're organized. When I thought about what could I possibly create that's not on YouTube yet because I have more than 600 videos on there. What have I not covered? Well, I do cover the same stuff in my video course that I sell. It's called Back to the Basics. However, it is nicely organized. It's a little bit more in-depth and it's consistent, right? So it's like, it's got this line of, I need to do this and then this this and this and this and this. You can find everything and you kind of have a strategy then. That's what people pay for. They pay me. For telling them when to do what in what order. Because yeah. on YouTube, you can't. He's <laughs> like, what when to have to start with? And then I have another video course. It's called Conquer Your Stage Fright. It's really not just for people on stage, it's really for anyone who speaks in front of an audience who is nervous, who wants to be more themselves. You know how that goes sometimes? You start turning on the camera or you start standing in front of people and you're not quite like you would be if you're just talking to friends. You are trying to be something that you're not. It's not quite you. So the course addresses that. And then I have my online masterclass for singers, which is a group coaching program. And that's really my high price program. It's $350 a month for four months or 1200 if you pay in one payment. And that's really something that we have a secret Facebook group and I will give a video critique of Fulls video posts every day, Monday through Friday. So it's almost like a one-on-one coaching situation, but you can do it whenever you have time, and I can do it whenever I have time. So I could do it in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, as long as I get it done. So that that that's really the program that's bringing in a lot of my money, and there's nothing else like that out there. And I've checked it; there's no one really doing exactly that. And that's, that. I think it's really starting to have some traction now.
1: That's amazing. I want to take some of those courses. Mm -hmm. I think some of them are applicable to everybody. Yeah, definitely. I like like looking at other people's product mix and like different topics and different industries and just to get more inspiration as well. So I think, yeah, even if you're not interested in stage presence or singing, but you're interested in online business, you can see what Freya's made in just a couple years.
0: (laughs) Right. Try to get my free courses and then you kind of can see what I've done there.
1: (laughs) Great, and so your YouTube, what's the name of your
0: YouTube channel? Just if you put youtube.com slash Freya Casey music or if you just search for my name Freya Casey, it's the easiest. Okay,
1: we'll put that, we'll link that down below and put it on the screen. Well, thank you so much Freya for spending your Sunday with us, helping everyone learn about how they can create their online businesses and how they can Create a whole new lifestyle just from one idea. So I really appreciate you being here with us and I'll see you soon.
0: Awesome. I hope there are going to be more people like us soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's the goal guys. It's like the whole reason I have this channel and the reason why I talk about this so much in the digital nomad lifestyle, whichever label you wanna put on it, is because I've been living in this capacity for about 15 years. And I always wish that there were more people doing it and more people who realized that they could do it. So that's why I started my relocation company to help people move and work for themselves in different countries around the world. And that's why I started this YouTube channel and everything that I'm doing to spread the word about uh, location independence and digital nomadism because it's just part of my mission. I think that everybody should be able to do what they want to do. For work and they should be able to do it from wherever they want and just live a balanced lifestyle where they're happy and they're fulfilled and they're just living life doing what they want. There's no reason not to. Yes. So we're all in agreement on that. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Badass Digital Nomads and see you again next week on Digital Nomad TV. Bye everyone.